Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Okay. Huh. <laughs> I come up with some really good roast. <laughs> Pork roast. <laughs> I feel it in my fingers. I feel it in my willy. <laughs> Christmas is all around us. Sorry, guys, so to be quite uh, rude there, but uh, I'm in a bit of a silly mood. <laughs> I'll do so. I'll do something silly right now. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just feeling quite silly today. <laughs> I love dilly dallying <laughs> and going. <"Bah-hoo-ya." laughs> This is so funny because for the past, I'll say I've been with you for about three hours today. You've been nothing but down, straight face. I've seen you like wipe your eyes with tears a couple of times. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta put the mask on for the listeners. Oh, sorry. So okay. you're the straight man today. Sorry about that oh. one. <laughs> sorry, guys, gonna be pretty silly. It's the season, the silly season. And boy, is it! That's why we watched uh, one of the, arguably one of the greatest Christmas movies of all time. That really gets you into the Christmas spirit. Uh, love, actually. I do like how you've said arguably in there. Yeah, I was going to say it straight out, but then I knew you'd you'd argue it. So. Yeah, because uh, I I I this is the second time I've ever watched it in my life, uh, and I don't like it very much. Whoa! I'll, I'll put some sort of effect in yeah, there. Yeah, I thought you'd do like the ripple uh, scratch. Or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, feel free to, you know, send obscenities to Kyle. Or the shared, uh, the shared Instagram account we've no, got. No, no, send it to his personal. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is on you. Don't don't put put me in this corner. That's fair enough. Nobody puts Jackson in a corner. Oh. Except if it's in a lazy boy and there's a TV on the other side of the room playing love, actually, because by all means, pop me down, pop in the Blu-ray. Let's Let's get into it. Do you own us on Blu-ray? No. No, we just watched this on Netflix today. Thank you for sponsoring this episode. Mm. So you've got no fond memories of this film, Kyle. First of all, how are you? <laughs> um, good. I'm a bit hungover. Had my Christmas party last night. hey Christmas. Topical. Oh, true. Yeah, it was our... Um, I do I don't sound too flash, do I? I think I've got no, quite but a it sounds sick. Sound like you smoked oh. a pack of cigarettes. I did smoke one cigarette actually. Oh well, it's done wonders. I know. Yeah, it was. I think it was a Marlboro Gold. Oh, how'd it taste? Uh it was actually quite good. I we don't condone smoking. No, we don't. Uh, I I'd say I probably kids sm- don't buy no. cigarettes. <laughs> become a podcaster, and they give them to you for free. <laughs> That is essentially what happened. I was in fringe bars in the smokers area and someone recognised my voice because <laughs> I was doing my Lewis impression. <laughs> and so I was like, I recognise that. Like, you, Jackson, from Zoo's doing Disney. I was like, close. Like, oh, you the other Nathan. one. Nathan, the resident, resident expert, uh, Lewis expert. And I was like, oh, almost there. It's like, oh, you Kyle. I was like, yeah. But they seem less enthusiastic. Yeah, like, well, I guess I'll give you one cigarette. They were, give, they were about to offer a whole packet. So I could have got a whole pack if it yeah. was me. Yeah, but need um, to hang out at Fringe Bar more often. It's a good place. Um, but yeah, that was a treat. No, absolutely do not condone smoking. It's Christmas terrible. party was a good time. Uh, it was. Uh, there weren't as many people there as I'd hoped because I was wearing um, something horribly embarrassing. 
Oh, well, I looked fantastic. I was glad to see it. Um, how did it feel? Like that sequined like gown you wore? Yeah, I guess for the people who, who aren't friends with me uh, <laughs> or, ha- or who haven't seen the photo, I, um, I was wearing a horrible black velour jumpsuit. Uh, which Horrible! Had a, it looked fabulous. No, it was um one of one of my uh, <laughs> close workmates kept saying, "I'm sorry, Carl, but I just have to keep looking at your bulge." And I was like, "I'm taking this straight to HR, and I will not be sitting here at work on Monday because you'll be fine." Were HR there at the Christmas party? They usually sit in the corner, like they're they're all very, very straight faced. Yeah, um, yeah, straight yeah. up and down, chicken tikka masala. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like yeah. um, keeping an eye on everyone's eyes, seeing where the eyes are going. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. I hope yours were straight ahead. Oh, they were. They were famous, uh, yeah. So this film, there's no nostalgia for you. No, no nostalgia for me. Um, and, uh, unfortunately, did you get any all. enjoyment out of this? Yes, I did. There, there were some, there were scenes that I thought worked really well. I think my main problem with it is if people haven't seen Love Actually, I guess I'd recommend it because one of those movies that I guess it's hit or miss. It's hit, it's missed for me, but it hits for lots of people. But it's a movie much like uh, New Year's Eve and Valentine's Day which uh, tell lots of different stories with different characters, and then all those characters end up Thanks, linking Wade. up. Wade just brought in my Uber Eats. Yeah. So all the different characters, so like the Prime Minister in this, who's played by... Um, Huge uh, Grant. Huge Grant. He, um, like his sister, is another character in the film, which you find out like halfway through, and that person's married to someone else who's in another character in the film. and So all these different stories are all linked up. And so I guess over the course of the two hours and ten minutes... I guess you'd spend maybe like 10 to 15 minutes with each story, I guess. Some <laughs> some more than others. Well, how does this stack up to you compared to the likes of Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, New Year's Eve? Because to me, this is... The uh, this like uh, this is the one that did it first and did it well, and then mm. like those were the carbon copies that tried to, you know, get lightning in a bottle again, tried mm. to recreate the formula, and it just was so hollow, so flat. But this this film like I feels like it's got such an earnestness. The, you know yeah, what I mean? it's there's something in the air about it where it just like it's so genuine. Like the chemistry of like all the characters is so palpable. Um, like th- they all they managed to get enough sort of depth and time. I think personally, I mean, there's some storylines that don't, but they don't necessarily need it. Like Martin Freeman and um, uh, Ju- Judy, I think her name is mm. just Judy. Um, they don't get a lot of depth or time, but it is sort of charming still. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I guess those those bits, I guess, are supposed to be the comedic story, right? Like that's uh, the storyline. There's oh, this is funny. They're porn stand-ins and they're awkward and. You know, even though they're seeing each other naked every day, they like still can't really talk to each other. So this is funny. But I guess I didn't really find it funny. But then I guess I did kind of find it sweet. Mm. But then right at the end, it's like they haven't known each other very long. They've been on. Like, he asks her out finally on a date, like on Christmas Eve, and then it's like one month later, and then you see them. The final scene of the movie is at an airport, and it's kind of a conclusion. Like every single character from the film is like at the airport, and then it turns out that they that Martha Freeman's character and the other one are like engaged. But I mean, some people like that, man. Some people get engaged after a month or two of, of, you know, dating and knowing each other. Do they? I've seen it happen. We we saw it 10 minutes ago happen. Exactly, man. Yeah. But but yeah, and compared to those other films, how do you... Oh, it's definitely better than that. Like, at least... Like, this is fine. Like, I didn't hate it. Primarily because the highs of the story are iconic and super high. Like, Bill Nye's rock star character is incredible. That is better than any... I just wrote Bill Nye legend. I wrote Bill Nye is incredible. Wow. I mean, so we're on the same page. Yeah. So I would say 
Oh, we did make yeah. We we are sharing one notebook. Can we did yeah, that I, on the same I crossed out your <laughs> yours to write mine. Yeah, you articulated it better. So mm, thank you. Yeah, um, I I do think he's one of the best parts of this film. Like he's just he is the best part of this film. He's 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 brilliant, man. Everything he's in because um, not only is it very funny and it works, it's also very Christmas centric, which is perfect for the theme of the film. Like lots of the other stories, I guess, could happen at any other time of the year. Yeah, but then this one is so Christmas. Mm. He's writing a. For the the audience at home, if you haven't seen the movie, he is writing. He's a washed up rock star, and he's writing. He's a part of a re-release of a famous British song called "Love Is All Around Us," but they've changed some of the lyrics so it's "Christmas Is All Around Us." Brilliant. Uh, is is great, and he knows that it's fucking shit. And it's like a sellout thing. Yeah, exactly. But he doesn't really. He and he. So he's on the radio shows, doing the round, the press tour, and he's just saying it's shit. But he doesn't really care. You know, he just wants to kind of be back in the limelight. Which ends up working out, and but his story also it ends up that he's it's a very that's a very emotional end. It's very satisfying. That turns out that he was in love with his um his manager the whole time, mm. and that's very sweet. I seem like platonically, yeah. Well, he it's said the vibe I got, just that like, because he's the only person he's got in his life. Mm. But the know? way that he said the absolute love of my life is you, and you wouldn't there isn't is there a. Would you refer to a, f- a very close friend as the love of your life? I guess some people would. But do you think it's Bill Nighy, rock star, who's a six, I don't know how old he was in the movie, I'd say he 60. Said, he said like middle to late 50s. Was he? Okay, would you think, it? I don't know, referring to another man in that way, I thought that was him kind of like coming out. I think they would have been more explicit about it if it was. I thought it was, because then they kind of, because, you know, then he went to like shake his hand, but then, you know, he was like, no, let's give us a big hug. And then the other guy was kind of like crying a little bit. So that's really sweet. And then they raw dogged each other. <laughs> Jackson, stop. I'm going to cut that. <laughs> no, you have to leave it. <laughs> I'm going to cut it. Can I pause for a moment? Well, should we um, run through all the, the storylines? <laughs> you do it. No, you have do to play. I did the last one. No, just for people <laughs> who might not know. And I'll eat this pita pit while you do. Oh, can I just get the Wikipedia summary out? <laughs> sure. Okay, this is a, I know this is such lazy, lazy uh, podcasting, but honestly, it's so fucking convoluted. <laughs> Let me just get the Wikipedia summary out. I'm just got so everyone just tune in. I'm just got to do a little audio read for the next, I guess, two minutes, hopefully. Um, let me just get it out. Kill time, kill time, kill time. Okay, here we go. Oh, this is per- oh fuck. This is so long. Oh, this sucks. Okay, I'm not reading this out. So, no, one of the storylines is the Prime Minister, uh, uh, who's like kind of like a bachelor. You know this off the top of your head. I'm saying it. (laughs) (laughs) The Prime Minister, uh, he's a bachelor. Trouble in paradise. (laughs) We'll talk about this off mic. Um, So the Prime Minister, he's a bachelor, young guy. He's always been unlucky in love, apparently, and he ends up falling in love with his, I guess, like assistant-ish, whoever she is, like secretary, I guess. She gets the teas and biscuits. She gets the teas and biscuits from, which is sweet. And then it ends, you know, I guess, what else is there apart from, you know, there's like <laughs> shenanigans and they end up falling in love. Boom, story done. Another story. Liam Neeson's wife has died and he's sad and his son, who's 12 years old, says to Liam Neeson, oh, I am in love. And Liam Neeson tries to help him fall in love or like tell the person who he loves which is an american girl at his school uh just you know get him to like confess his love and stuff his his love to her 
and then because she's flying away to America for Christmas, so he has to go to the airport and like say goodbye, which he does. Satisfying ending for that story. Another story, Colin Firth, he his girlfriend cheats on him with his brother, and so he like goes off to like Spain, Greece. Where does he go? He goes to like work on a book in a fucking. Somewhere. He goes somewhere internationally. Right. Uh, to work on his book, and there, there's like a maid for the house he's hide out who's doesn't speak English, and they kind of have this connection with each other. Well, did she speak like Portuguese? Yeah, she was Portuguese. Yeah, and so they kind of they have this, I guess, unspoken like connection, even though they can't under understand each other, and they kind of fall in love. They have a connection uh, between each other, and then eventually. Uh, Colin Firth uh, learns the language and then proposes, and then she says yes, naturally. Actually. Actually. Um, the story that we talked about before, the Martin Freeman one, he's a stand-in with the other chick on the pl- on like a, she's a, he's a sex stand-in on like a movie set. So they're kind of doing body double work where they're just kind of like pretending to have sex on camera for a film. And then they're just like awkwardly kind of talking to each other. And then Martin Freeman asks her out. She says yes. <clears throat> he proposes. They're engaged. The worst story of the film. Is this the last one? Is this your, uh, fav- your no. favorite one? The character you related to the most? Oh, fuck. There's three more stories. What? Just pop into my fucking head. We'll save that one till last. The one that you're thinking of. But my least favorite one by far is the one where there's three best friends. Um, two of them get married. And the other one is like a videographer. And it turns out that he was in love with his best friend's wife the whole time. And then she kind of finds out because she sees the the wedding video that he made and it's just him, like, filming close-ups of her, like, smiling and being, like, romantic. It was very creepy. And then the end of that story is him going to their apartment and then, like, silently confessing his love in a very romantic way. But it's a very unromantic act because, you know, it's like he's... And he says on the... So he holds up cards. Everyone knows the scene. He's, like, holding up cards with things written on it like, confessing his love, and it, one of them's like, I've got no agenda. But it's like, obviously, you've got an agenda, like, telling the person, like, you don't just tell someone that you love them for, like, no reason. Um, and then she kisses him, and then goes back to her, like, fiancé, which is, I fucking hate that story. Yikes. It's terrible. It doesn't hold up. The other, my other, my second least favourite story. <laughs> you should have told this, because I really didn't like it very much. Um, it's funny hearing you trying yeah, to Yeah, I don't like it. Um, the other story... The one that got under my skin the most. Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman's oh. story, which is he's like the boss at this workplace. Um, <laughs> naturally, we are usually the boss. Where Laura Linney also <laughs> Laura works. Laura Linney. Oh, that's barely a storyline. We're not going into that. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that's a two-minute storyline. Um, Alan Rickman is the boss. There's a sexy like secretary. Again, another fucking sexy secretary. Such a power balance here that's just not addressed. I know. But whatever. It's a different time. Um, two thousand three. Two thousand three. Um, she and she's like flirting with him hardcore, like so on the nose. He's she's pretty much just saying let's fuck. But he's married to um Emma Thompson, and he God bless her. Yeah. Dame Emma Thompson. Oh, that's much. exciting. And he pretty much he goes Christmas shopping. He buys a very expensive necklace, which then his wife sees, and she's like, "Oh, I'm gonna get an exciting gift for Christmas." And then she opens the box, and it's not the necklace at all. It's a CD, which cost them probably four pounds. Mm. 
six New Zealand dollars to you. Adjusted New Zealand for inflation is. too. Exactly. Uh, and so she realizes of oh, a necklace of some sort of mistress. Well, because she saw him dancing with uh, her at the Christmas yeah, party, right? And then someone says to her, "Oh, like it's well, it's the boss's job to dance with everyone, isn't it?" And she said, "Well, some more than others." So she knows what's going on, and then she's crying, and then <laughs> that's the end of the story, unless me and Jackson both missed something. No. Well Was there a resolution to that? Not really. But you could tell in their performances at the airport at the end that, like, they'd talked about it and there was ov- obviously could you? Like, friction in their relationship, you know? Yeah, but you say you could tell, but again, it was like a five second shot of them, like, greeting each other at the airport and that was it. You gotta, it's the nuance of the performance, guy. You gotta look uh, deeper. This you movie gotta, had no nuance. This movie was, the was no reading between the what, lines. Can I, can I tell you something? Yeah. You hate me for hating this no, movie? No, that Peter Rapp went down an absolute treat. Oh, yeah, Jackson Jackson was just eating a pit pit, unsponsored. But he did just say it was a treat, so maybe we could get a sponsorship. We'll chase him up afterwards. The more I'm thinking about this, so famously, I'm a big movie reviewer. Keep a notes app. Now I use Letterboxd. Follow me, Carlsmith19. You're more known now um, for your Letterboxd account than the podcast. I am. Um, but... I've rated, I just rated it to three out of five, but the, the more I'm thinking, I'm going to bump it down. Really? Yeah. Truly. Do you think, are you, do you like Christmas? I do like Christmas. I'm a yeah. very, I'm a family guy. Yeah. <laughs> People call me Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because, um, <laughs> because I'm a <laughs> family guy. You know, the main guy from Family Guy's name's Peter. Peter yeah, I was Griffin. just seeing if I could unravel that joke. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think of someone else called Peter, but um, no, that's Parker. the joke. Yeah. Okay, so you do like Christmas. I love Christmas. And do you enjoy Christmas films that help you get into the spirit um, of things? I guess I, I love Santa Claus too. Oh. But I think that's a nostalgic thing. Do you I like the it. first or third as well? I remember the one I've seen the most is the second one. True. Um, so when they, they make the clone. Uh, There's, is that the second one? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he creates like a very um, fascist like, mili- yes, militaristic North Pole. Yes, that's it. Like pole. Yeah. That's it. Yes. Yeah. That's, I like that one a lot. God, quintessential Tim Allen. Tim, yeah. Tim Allen to me is the Santa Claus. See, conservative. <laughs> <laughs> if we had more time, we would have watched those films and had a little look at the new series. We did discuss that. Um, but, you know, life... Uh, Finds a way. But, you know, it's been two years somehow already since we started this thing. I'm sure it'll be Christmas next year in no time. It's yeah, true. It was like last week we just watched New Year's Eve. I know, and that was that's one of our best episodes as well. So if you haven't listened to that. <laughs> and um, Jingle All The Way. God, what a time. Oh, yeah. Uh, apart from when you decide to put your creative license and start playing Christmas music very loudly. It <laughs> 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 was putting me off. Um, but anyway, yes, no, I do love Christmas movies. Die Hard, I know that's an mm. uh, untraditional Christmas movie, but I'm definitely of the mind of it's a Christmas movie. Did th- <coughs> oh, Excuse God. Me, I also God. really love... Um, the night before, which we just—I think that's the one I've watched oh, yeah. every year the past maybe three years. Yeah, me too. Really, love really love the night before. Really well, uh, good. Um, <laughs> the nightmare before Christmas. That's not really a Christmas movie, is it? It's a Halloween movie. I'd say it is. Okay. I say you kind of get the best of both worlds. Well, that's good. It's great. Wish I could have seen the stage show with Phoebe Bridges and Danny Elfman. Oh, topical. But so, okay, did this film put you in the Christmas spirit at all? <coughs> did it make you feel any more jolly? Mm. I wasn't honestly. If I could be honest yep. with you, which we can on Please. this podcast, right? Yeah. I didn't feel any uh, jolliness radiating from you throughout yeah. the screening. And even now, after the fact, 
Look, we, we decided before this that we weren't going to have a roast battle in the middle of this, so I'm not sure where this energy is coming from. But um, but that is fair, yeah. I don't know. Well, again, it could just be because I'm very tired. Um, again, I've been drinking last night. Um, so usually that isn't very... Like, that's not a good recipe for jolliness and for Christmasness. Um, mm. But also, I guess I'm not really a super Christmassy guy in the sense of, like, Christmas, Christmas. I'm, I'm a big Christmas guy in the sense that I love Christmas. I love spending time with my family. Love giving, um, you know, yeah, the big companies more money for no reason. You love the consumerism. I do, famously. I just waste weight. Sometimes I buy gifts to just throw in the bin. <laughs> just because I love spending money so much. Um, uh so if if you think I'm a I'm not jolly for that, then you know that's on you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, look in the mirror and see, and like everyone's got issues. Yeah, hmm. right. So in terms of love, actually, yeah. Well, if we need to give any more context, Richard Curtis wrote and directed this film, two thousand and three. Uh, he's known for a lot of other rom coms leading up to that, like Notting Hill. Hmm. Well, that's one of my rom Four Weddings and a Funeral, I believe, as well. Did he? Yeah. Interesting. Um, and uh, apparently this film as well, there were multiple other rom-coms he was writing and he decided to just merge all the storylines into mm. one f- for this film. And I think that's why a lot of the stories seem to have a lot more nuance to them with kind of d- depth to the stories. I mean, mm. like Liam Neeson and his wife passing, he has to be there for his stepson and then help him with, you know, trying to profess his love to someone else while he's like grieving himself but trying to figure out how to like connect to his stepson mm. while he's clearly grieving and he's you know found this thing and trying to help him profess his love to another girl uh, oh and surprisingly too we were both like oh that's quite um progressive for liam neeson i guess the film of the time because that's the kind of film where like it does have some dated jokes and it, it could have easily made that played this as a joke but he says to um his uh stepson who's like 10 mm. he's like so um so this girl, you're like, she or he, and mm. it's, it's not played for a joke either. No. It's like genuinely just like, it could be, you know, and it just sort of opens the space for his stepson to like, let him know if it would be um, mm. the case. And I like to think that Liam Neeson ad-libbed that line. Yeah, I guess we'll never know. <coughs> no. Because there, there is a lot of data jokes. There's one where like Emma Thompson's, uh, they're talking about a gift for, I think, a friend of their daughter's. Yeah. It's like, now should we give her the the uh, Barbie that looks like a tranny or a dominatrix? I thought like, the dominatrix one was funny, but the the tranny one was... Mm, yeah, cancelled. Even yeah. then, we might have to bleep the word. Yeah, yeah, even just that word's sort of quite derogatory. Yeah, so I feel like we're going to have the two words bleeped, and you're going to have, hmm, <laughs> <laughs> what did they say? <laughs> well, I'm quoting the film here. Oh, that's fine. Cancel Damien Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, her words, not mine. Yeah, and um, we've got to talk about your favourite character <laughs> storyline. Le- it's, it's so good to finally have some on-screen representation. Yeah, we've got a... There's a certain uh, segment we do where the, uh, this character is very fitting for... Uh, cancel Chance committee. Co- Meeting commenced. Okay, we've we got, hey, we got to talk about Colin. Colin. We've got to talk about Colin. And people might be thinking, are you talking about Colin Firth? No. Colin. Cancel him too while we're at it. <laughs> what was Colin's last name? Um, oh, it was like Fitzy or something. Fitz, Fitz. Frizzle, Frizzle. Frizzle. It was Frizzle. Yeah, Colin Frizzle. Colin Frizzle. What is there to say, Kyle? No, you yeah, I want you to know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we got to get in a debate because, you know, I'm very anti-Colin. <laughs> you're pro. <laughs> no. The guy's a sex pest. He's an absolute fucking sex pest. The first scene we introduced to him, 
he's um in the office. Yeah, he's at the office where Alan uh, Rickman works, and he's like handing out like these like he's got a gift bag. He's handing out like sort of treats to everyone, and he's just sort of like it's like borderline sexual harassment. Mm. <laughs> and like the comments he's making to all the women in the office, like he literally says to the um, Alan Rickman's secretary, he's like, "Morning, my future wife." Gives her something and she just like rolls her eyes. I'm like, this is meant to be like comedic, you know. Like it's, it would be good if he faces the repercussions of his actions, you know. But it's not like, oh, we feel sorry for him because he's like a sort of a loveless loser. He does get what he wants in the end. Yeah, well, say what he wants, tell the whole story. So he's just like, <coughs> he seems to have no luck with women in Britain. So he says to his mate, um, I need to go to America. They love British guys over there. They're going to eat me up, you know? I mean, in more... More ways than one. Yeah, well, he says it in more sort of gross ways than I'm, I'm paraphrasing. What does he here. say? In what way does well, he say I, it? I don't know. That's why I'm paraphrasing Kyle. <laughs> you son of a bitch! <laughs> um... But he ends up going to America and goes straight to a bar. He doesn't even have a place to stay. Immediately runs into some, um, you know, arguably ad- attractive American woman who just like immediately froth him. And, and by like, some, oh he means three. Yeah, three. January Jones being one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just like, oh, you're so, you're so adorable and great. Oh, come come back to our... He's like, where are you, where are you staying? He's like, oh, I don't know. I guess I'll go to a motel like they do in the movies. Um like, well, you can come stay with us, but we don't have the, uh, you know, we're not the richest girls. We've only got one bed, so you'd have to share with the three of us. And, like, we can't even afford pajamas. And it's just so, like, ludicrous. It almost becomes, like, like an, an American Pie mm. film in that scene. It feels so out of touch with the rest of the movie, where it's, it's so like, kind of realistic. Mm. And this is just so, like, ridiculous. I almost wish that, like, that tone would have been great of them, like, being so, like, overt with him if... And I said this to you and Wade as we're watching. If they robbed him, like that would have mm, been. That's great. what I thought it was going. Like for. there's his Christmas lesson or something, you know. He comes back, goes, hmm, maybe I should treat women with respect. Yeah, like if these guys. They don't owe me anything. Them. But then we see like, um, which I also found this funny. We're, we're like, it's a exterior shot of their house, and you see their silhouettes in the window. Oh yeah. They can't afford uh, pajamas or a bed. I mean, I guess maybe they were exaggerating and just like mm, just you know, wanting to be that, sexy. Yeah. But they've got all this elaborate Christmas lights on their house. Yeah. Um, Essentials. Essentials. Since the season. I mean, no wonder they can't afford a heater. They've got to buy the Christmas lights. <laughs> yeah, I wish he, like, well, actually got his comeuppance well, instead of... I agree. But while we're on the topic of mm. the the window scene, yes. can you read out the trivia that we received? Oh, the trivia? Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm About the actor. Yeah, absolutely. So we're cancelling... Might have to pad for a few seconds. Okay, so not only are we cancelling the character, we're also cancelling the... The, the, the actor, because this is pretty... CD. Pretty wild. Okay. Oh, no, that's a different one. Oh. I feel it in my fingers. <laughs> I feel it in my toes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I found it. Okay. So Chris Marshall, who plays Colin, he returned his paycheck for the scene where the three American girls undress him. He said he had such a great time having three girls undress him for 21 takes that he was willing to do it for free and thus returned his check for that. Well, so, okay, so first off, gross, CD, disgusting. Second off, I've never worked on a movie set you have. I'm not sure how it works, but does like when you don't get paid in a check at the end of the day, at the end of every scene, you don't get they walk off and then the director's like, "Yeah, we got it. 
here's your check for the scene. No, Does you don't work get a like check that? at the it's end of the day. I mean, I can't speak for the, the British film industry in 2002. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess, I don't know. Because I don't know if, yeah, I mean, I think actors maybe sometimes, I don't know. I don't know. They get paid by the scene? Or just like, you they know, they're like, like a weekly pay as well. Yeah. But I can't believe he returned his money because it, it's just, yeah, that sort of speaks volumes. I guess he was right for the character. Yeah, though, yeah. But, in, yeah, today's climate, it's just like, I don't know, even when you're riding this guy, I just feel like he had some, like, comeuppance or, like, a lesson to learn, but it's like, Doesn't, but then, and then no, it, he got everything he yeah. wanted. And then and he's so unrealistic. And then he arrives back to England at the end in the big airport scene, and he's got a girlfriend who is an attractive American woman, and then she's bought her sister, who's also an attractive American woman, for his friend. So they li- there's no. And the sister just comes up, hugs him, and kisses him straight on the yeah, lips. Yeah, goes. Oh, like, oh, you thought I was? I, he told me you're sexy, and they start kissing him. <coughs> Wild. So uh, Colin is cancelled. Yeah. Done. Uh, meeting commenced. Mm-hmm. While we're well done. Um, chatting. Yeah. Well, we got time. Uh, very early on, I think it was one of the very first things you said. Is so you, you said that you were in a very silly mood and did some like sound effects, but you haven't done anything in the last half an hour. <laughs> That was a, is that all silly? I guess. Well, eating, I just. I guess eating a pitipit is kind of silly. But I guess that was that, just for me. That was my silly thing. Yeah. You're spilling sauce. I'm not sure if that was intentional, but I guess it was kind of silly. I just like to make you laugh. I like to try and throw you off. That's very sweet. Um, like when I was trying to feed you some of the chicken while you were talking about Alan Rickman's plotline, it was quite funny. That was really good. Um, but there, there's a lot of great humour in this film. I found. Was there? I oh, found, you found. I find, I find okay. it charming. I find this film absolutely charming. I think charming and humorous are two different things. However, yeah. Well, um, I should have wrote down some of the funny lines. Mm, I would, because <laughs> then I could, um, I could agree or disagree. One of my favourite moments of the film mm. is when, well, right after Kiranati comes around to see the wedding tape that Andrew Lincoln. Um, oh yeah. Filmed, but you like this for the wrong reason. But keep going, sorry. Let me get there, please. Sorry, 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 sorry. Just give me, just give me a fucking moment. Just I'm sorry. Just give me a fucking moment. Just, get, just say what I have to fucking say. Yeah, sorry. sorry. Oh, no, look at me. Sorry, Chris. Look at me. Sorry, Chris. Look at me! Sorry, Chris. Look at me! It's not very Christmassy of me. No, it's not. Okay, sorry. But, hey, maybe when we watch the Santa Claus trilogy, you'll feel on the spirits. But, yeah, yeah after Karen yeah, Knightley comes around and watches the wedding tape, and it's all just like extreme close-ups of her for the whole thing. I mean, first of all, if I was there, I'd feel a bit uneasy. Like, what the fuck? Mm. Um, but he's like, oh, i got to go to lunch. See you later. And he goes out and he's just has this brilliant small scene where he's just like walking and brooding to Dido. And it's fantastic. It's so good. See, I think... It's hilarious. Yeah. My problem with, like, I thought it was very funny, but also it's not supposed to be funny. It's it's very earnest. There are too many montages in this film, which are just one to two minute scenes of characters, like, crying or just kind of, like, walking around being sad. And for me, it just happened too often. What about the Prime Minister dancing to You see that? Well, that's sweet. Great. That's really cool. Apparently, um, Hugh Grant hated it because he didn't think a Prime Minister would do that. Uh, well, has he ever met Jacinda Ardern? Uh, I don't think so. Or John Key probably would have more. I mean, he walked he walked Did the he? runway. Do you remember when he walked the runway? No, so Jacinda. Did she? She walked the runway. At, wow, like a couple months ago. She did, didn't she? John Key did it first. Okay. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got a fun question for you. Please. I think it's going to be fun. Um, we'll see. Well, we, we, we need to inject something fun into this episode. <laughs> um... At the fu- at the funeral, 
<laughs> at the fu- at Liam Neeson's wife's funeral. Yeah, that was pretty funny. It was really funny because he said, "Oh, I'm gonna let her say her like goodbyes the only way she like would like." And it was like, I forgot what the song was, but it was some fucking stupid, ridiculous old song. It was like "Baby Says Bye" or something, whatever it was. I can't remember what it was, but it was some song. Apparently, you know, it was like an upbeat song, and the only person who laughed was Emma Thompson. Nah. So that's sweet. And so I just thought I wrote down my notebook. What funny song do you want played at your funeral? And I'll make sure if <sighs> if you pass away before I do, I'll make sure it gets played. Mm. Venga boys. Which one? The Venga bus is coming. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, okay. I want you in my That's good. Yeah. How about you? Mm. See, I was worried that you're going to flip back to me, and I haven't thought of a good answer. <laughs> Come on. Um, Top your head. Go. My Boom. heart is telling me I go a feeling by playing my piece. Just that one bit. Move it, move it. <laughs> yeah, I thought that that could be a bit fun. So there we go. Shit, yeah. I also wrote down all the. This is a fun quiz. Uh, again, we're just fl- flying through all the. Oh, we're doing fun. a quiz? Yeah. <gasps> yay! In Okay, so. F- <laughs> yay! Wait, one, two, three, four. F- okay. It hit me. I just gave the answer to <laughs> Did you? Did you hear what I said? One, two, three, four. Well, we'll take away well the questions. <laughs> um, oh, no, no, yeah. The word actually is used in four different <laughs> lines of dialogue in the movie. Um, <laughs> you probably guess what the question was going to be. <laughs> um, um, can you name can you still any, ask me? Can you name any of them? Any of the lines of dialogue? Yeah. I'm in love, actually. That's actually not one of the lines, but it's become like a meme line anyway. No, there's no um, other lines. Oh, that's close. Wait, what'd you say? I'm in love, actually. That's so close. Actually, I'm in love. That again is clo- so close. Oh. The, uh, the cr- I'll give you half a point for that. <sighs> so it was, the truth is, actually, I am in love. Oh. That's one of love them. is actually all around. Yeah, I'll give you that as well. So that's five. Yeah. So there were five. Because yeah. that wasn't that's that's like the title. But <laughs> I'll give you Okay, so that's five. So there are three more. <sighs> I'm not gonna get these, just please. No. One of them was you will actually miss it. Okay. Classic. Deep cut. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what am I Classic that it's a surprise thing. Oh, a lot of people get that tattooed. Yeah. I think about you all the time, actually. Actually. Yeah. And then And the I'm l- drunk, actually. The l- uh, then the last one, please don't be fucking silly right now. Not I told you I was in a silly mood. <laughs> <laughs> Not during the quiz. And then the last one, I actually didn't hear properly, but it sounded like stood down, actually. My God, man. Well, there's another great quiz segment over and d- out. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Bro, this is such a great cast, though. You have to admit, like, they breathe such life into this film. A great cast makes all the difference. The like Wade said, who watched it as we watched it with us, yeah. he said, um, if the cast wasn't as good, this movie would not be as iconic because the dialogue would be so clunky. And I agree. Mm. Jason's yeah. looking around the room. He's trying to figure out I an just, answer. I just disagree, man. I tell you what. Do you something thi- dead inside your soul? No, you enjoy this film. I don't think that's necessarily true. Do you think there's a nostalgia thing? Because I only watched this for the first time maybe three years ago. So I don't have a nostalgia for it. I mean, I don't think so. I don't remember watching this like as a kid when I was young. But I mean, but when yeah, but you probably it's not just got that Christmas feeling. Does it even then? It doesn't even really have a Christmas feeling because so much of it isn't about Christmas. No, it's about love at Christmas time because Christmas time is a time of love. 
see again. I don't think it is. I think we we discuss. I think Christmas time is either about like consumerism. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess it's like this family love, and then I guess it's also the time to like spend time with like someone that you are like in love with. But I feel like it's not the time that people like confess their loves to people. Hey man, I guess we should have watched The Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody Jim Carrey over here. <laughs> Bill Nye is fucking great in this. <laughs> You're um, just flying through. Just, I tell you what, it was funny, man. The, You're the, sick of the, me. The political chat, the political chat with Hugh Grant's prime minister oh, yeah. and um, uh, Bob Thornton, Billy, Billy Bob, Bob Thornton, Billy Bob Thornton's Pr- president. Uh, they were just talking about such generic things. We're like, well, no, we're going to be strong uh, on this, okay? You know, I've got to try get the quote. It's so funny. It's just like the gene- most generic stuff. They weren't talking about anything specific or explicit. I think not to. You know, mm. get p- actually political in the swimming. Actu- actually, actually, I want to so get. Like <laughs> so you keep going. No, no, I was gonna say I'm going to read out the speech that, and we'll find it, and we'll read out the speech that he gives. Uh, Please, yeah, do a reading, man. We got to do yeah. a reading. Well, I think this is just okay. Um, where is this quote? Well, you talk while I'm. You talk about your love. Oh no, I've well, just. Oh, oh no, yeah. So okay, well, I was thinking we could do a bit of IMDb trivia. <laughs> Uh, Laura Linney said she wished that her character didn't pick up the phone while Carl was in her apartment. She wished she got that good dick. Okay, I've got, I've got the quote. I'm still on IMDb trivia. Okay, over no, here, no one cares. Wow. <laughs> Prime Minister. Well, okay, so you're just going to put it Prime into Minister. IMDb trivia like this? Prime Minister. I love that word, relationship. Trouble in paradise. I love that word, relationship. Covers all matters of sins, doesn't it? I feel that this has become a bad relationship. A relationship based on the president taking exactly what he wants and casually ignoring all those things that really matter to him. Um, Britain. We may be a small country, but we're a great country too. The country of Shakespeare, Churchill, the Beatles, Sean Connery, Harry Potter, David Beckham's right foot, David Beckham's left foot comes up, and a friend who bullies us is no longer a friend. And since bullies only respond to strength, from now on, I will be prepared to be much stronger. And the president... Should be prepared for that, actually. It's quite ironic, that speech. Talking about bullies and standing up to them and being strong when they're trying to do a certain segment. And someone comes in. I'm sure everyone was so glad they got to hear you read that out. That was a terrible Hugh Grant. You do it then. They just heard it. <laughs> do give it, your, air, give no, it no, I'm not on the app anymore. Uh, well, you I do the Crate Day one. You know, well, yeah, both, actually. Um, uh, Natalie, uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's my <laughs> oh, I'm the uh, prime minister, you know, no uh, nagging wife or kids to look after. No. <laughs> Who do I have to screw to get a tea and biscuits around here? <laughs> oh, yes. Well, Billy Bob, get your hands off my assistant. <laughs> <laughs> Actually. <laughs> Actually. Uh, do you want any more IMDb? Yeah, do we have any good, really any good, good ones? Um, there would, uh, this one was in, uh, I did find kind of interesting. When casting the part of Sarah, Laura Linney's character, mm-hmm. writer and director Richard Curtis auditioned a great many British girls, but kept saying, I want someone like Laura Linney. The casting director eventually snapped and said, oh, for fuck's sake, <laughs> get Laura Linney then. Linney then auditioned and got the part. Of course uh, you'd get the part. I have to say, quintessential Laura Linney in this film. But uh, also, I found this kind of fucked up. Um, Richard Curtis and uh, other people in the production spent f- a 45-minute meeting trying to figure out what underwear... Um, uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, L'Oreal? Yeah. O- Oriella would wear when she's in the lake scene. Oh. Like, 
And of course they did. And I'm guessing there were no women in that scene in the room either. So you're just like, oh, I reckon this one. And the lake in which uh, Lucia Moniz and Colin Firth are mm. swimming, quotation yeah. marks, was actually only 18 inches deep, and they had to kneel down and pretend to be in deep water. It was also overrun by mosquitoes, and Colin Firth was badly bitten, and his elbow swelled up to the size of an avocado, requiring medical attention. Uh, well, from everyone at the Dudes Doing Disney family, we're wishing uh, Colin <laughs> Firth a speedy recovery. <laughs> My gosh. That is a really silly mood you're in. That's pretty <laughs> bloody silly. This was so fucking weird, man. But um, so Hugh Grant, knowing about Billy Bob Thornton's quite unusual fear of <laughs> antique furniture, mm. Hugh Grant would sometimes flash a piece of antique, which is abundant in England, in front of Thornton just before the cameras rolled and watch him freak out in amusement. Who's scared of antique furniture? You literally just read Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, of course. Sorry, I wasn't sure. <laughs> That is fucking wild, right? That is really weird. <laughs> I wonder how you get that. I guess it's like an irrational fear. Like I wouldn't say I've got fear, but I've definitely got like something against like sauces, like tomato sauce and stuff. <laughs> this is. Did you just laugh? Right. Yeah, I did. I'm opening up on the on the show. <laughs> this is not this. <laughs> According to writer and director Richard Curtis, they had to put Dame Emma Thompson in a fat suit to make it appear heavier because she is actually a thin woman. What do you mean you had to? Yeah. What? We were trying to figure this well, out. That wasn't even noticeable at all. I wouldn't have noticed that. It seemed like I guess she was wearing baggy clothing, but mm. I don't. that's not necessary at all. Like, why? It doesn't seem to make any sense, does no, it? No. Yeah, absurd. Um, oh, and what's his name? Andrew Lincoln apparently d- did, uh, he was initially unsure about his character as he thought the scene with the handwritten signs was borderline stalker territory. Yeah, I mean, you had a lot to say about that. Yeah, I think I've said it, haven't I? I can't remember if that was off mic or oh. on. Well, I said it just doesn't, it's just so, it's trying to be so romantic and it's such an iconically romantic scene. Yeah. But in the context of the film, it's not, it's horrible. It's just him confessing his love to his like best mate's new wife have been married for like five weeks yeah and it's such a rem- and he says on the signs like oh i don't have like an agenda it's like well you do it's like there's a re- you don't just confess your love to someone for like no reason usually if you're confessing your love to someone like a manner like that you're like there is the argument like oh he just needs to like let it go you know he needs to you know tell her to get off his chest also, part of that is definitely like a last-ditch effort. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's funny that you say this because I've just seen here that Andrew Lincoln has stated in interviews that looking back, his character Mark is creepy and inappropriate in his behavior and that he wished they would have rewritten his scenes to make him appear more reasonable and normal about his feeling for Juliet. Cause it's so creepy. The way he's just kind of like smiling and does this big dramatic walk. Because we get like, n- we get, there's like no interactions from those characters at all. And even she says like, you know, she's under the impression that he doesn't like her because mm. he's, I guess he's trying to hide all that and not like let it become anything more. But, mm. and, you know, I, I said to you when we were watching as well, I feel like th- this could have been like a way better plotline as if that they played it off that like, oh, he is in love with his best friend's wife. And then the twist is that actually he's in love with his best friend because then at least we've had, we've seen moments mm. of those two together and you can see that there's a real friendship yeah. there. And it's like, He's actually harboring all these feelings for his best friend. Mm. Like I thought that would have been a much more like sort of stronger, stronger storyline. I don't know how you'd you know. But then it would be a similar. Then it would have been quite similar to the Bill Nye conclusion to his storyline. What? Just because they're two men. <laughs> well, then it's kind of and that's two of the same sort of twists. I just still don't see that as like I don't know a twist. Bill Nye, I I still see that as platonic. I don't know. Maybe because it's not. Twi- oh, okay. Well, I guess we saw it differently. 
Yeah, I guess so. Interesting. Thomas Brody Sankster is the second cousin once removed of Hugh Grant. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Do you have any really fun or funny Christmas stories? Um, funny Christmas story. I did try to like um a couple of years ago do the like dirty dance thing with my dad. I was like ran at him and like told him to like you know lift me up, and he was just like, mm. "No, I've got a hernia." <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> what happened? That was pretty much it. We just all had a good laugh. Ah, uh, I can't. I can't think of any other funny Christmas tales. How about yourself? No, I don't think so either. Like Christmas is always oh, a lot of fun. There was this wild time when I was, I think, maybe eight or nine. I yeah. had this like train outside one night, and I went out <laughs> and like, train. Yeah, no, there was yeah. a fucking like an old steam train there. Right. Outside. outside my house. No, this is no joke. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. And as I hopped on, and there's a bunch of other kids there and shit, and mm. I was wild, man. There was like this conductor that sounded like Tom Hanks, and mm. like um, they did a whole musical number about hot cocoa. But sure. we eventually did go to the North Pole. Mm. Um, what was the train called? Uh, they have a name. Like, lots of trains have names. Like, you know, like the um, Metlink train. <laughs> <laughs> the Metlink train. Yeah, something express. Uh, North Pole Express. Yeah, it? something like that. Oh. I, I, I can't remember off the top of my head for copyright reasons. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to Christmas. I feel like mm. it's come around so fast this year, bro. I'm not. Mm. E- it's the 17th. I don't feel like I'm even in the season. Yeah, well, to everyone else, it's the 18th. <laughs> You mean the 19th? What? Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem when you're hungover on a Saturday. You think it's Sunday. Yeah. I'm so used to being hungover on a Sunday. Hey, man, we'll get you back out tonight. Yeah. Well, my crazy, my Christmas party was crazy last night. Yeah. Because I didn't tell you, but halfway through, because it, it was in like a, it was in my office building, and which is quite tall. And I went out to the bathroom because I, fl- I was in Auckland during the week and I flew back. Oh, did you? Yeah. And I, the person I was sitting next to, I was like, well, I don't want to get jet lagged. And they said, I'll oh, make sure you take off your shoes and your socks when you get to the office. So I did. And then when and halfway, through, the place halfway through the party, <laughs> I went to the bathroom and then I heard fucking weird noises and I came out and someone had come and taken the whole party hostage. And because you know I'm an ex-cop from New York, I um, you know, had to <laughs> save, I had to crawl through the vents <laughs> and do a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, and, right. I think I saw yeah. that on the news. Yeah, it was really that cool. That was you. Yeah, it was. And then this morning I was at the airport um, <laughs> and the kind of same thing happened again. The plane got hijacked and I had to kind of, you know, save it again. And Gosh. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, wild, wild times. Wild times, eh? Christmas, um, man. Things yeah. will happen. While we're still telling stories, yeah. uh, you told an incredible story to me oh. uh, before. <laughs> about last night? About last night. Okay. Um, that I, I wish you hadn't told me um, before. Cause I, know, I know you wanted to tell uh, Dave. Um, because I was. <laughs> you wanted that, uh, that authentic I, on reaction. Because I was reaction. laughing so much. So please tell, tell the story. Sure. But I mean, we're friends outside of the podcast too. Right? Well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Can't save everything for all That's true. Um, so me and um, my friend Wade, you might remember from the Nerds Doing Nickelodeon episode. Don't say. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> redacted. Uh, <laughs> we uh, were going to the Auntie Donna uh, Magical Dead Cat Tour show in Wellington last night at the Opera House. Excuse me. And we got in there and there was like hardly anyone around, but a lot of the older generation, sort of the boomer generation, and we were super confused. We were like, 
why is there no one here our age? We're so confused. And I'm like, I guess tickets are like 70 bucks. Maybe it's too expensive for a lot of people our age. I don't know. Um, I guess these guys are like hearty theatre guys that will just mm. come to the opera house and see anything. Um, and like that, we were getting looks. We were getting the eyes. And we're like, why are they looking at us? We're all looking at them like, what the fuck are you doing here? And we're out on the balcony and like a few of these older people asked me to take a, a photo of them. I'm like, sure. I'm like, take a couple. I'm like, they'll say Auntie Donna. And they're like, Auntie Donna will crack up. So I'm like, I'm guessing like, oh, okay, they know. I'm like, are you guys Auntie Donna fans? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. And one lady was like, Auntie Donna, what do you mean? And she was like, oh, okay, now I've got it. And I was like, okay, yeah, so the, the show is on. There, like, this is happening. And we're up in the, the middle section of the, the opera house in the circle. And uh, when the doors doors opened, um, there's no one there to scan our tickets. So we're like, okay, well, you know, we just walk in. And we're the only ones sitting up there. And we're like, this is wild. I really thought there would have been more people here. But like the, f- the bottom floor section was full, but we're the only ones up in the middle. And there was a full orchestra on stage. And we were like, oh, that's so chat. That's hilarious. These guys are fucking, for anyone who doesn't know, Auntie Donna and are, are a, a Australian serious. sketch comedy group. Um, so we thought, of course, that's this kind of silly thing they do is have a full orchestra. And we thought we were in for an absolute treat, eh? <laughs> and then um, this uh, Polynesian man comes out and he starts singing a song. And we're like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> and then we're like, halfway through the song, is like, because we're expecting the Auntie Donna boys to come out, but at this point, I'm like, fuck, I don't think, what is going on? Like, because we kept, Wade kept checking, he's like, the Opera House? Yeah, because I'm like, is it the St. James Theatre Opera House? He's like, no, it's the Opera House, we're at the right place, we're at the right fucking place. And then we realise, no, we're not at the right show, like, what the fuck is going on, man? And even when the guy came out, I was like, woo! Yeah! <laughs> like, and then Wade checked, and it was actually tomorrow night, which is now tonight. So we were there a day early and somehow still got let in. Because like Wade even showed like his QR code with our seats to the lady at the counter. She's like, yep, sweet. But it, it was like on the part of the phone where like you only saw the seats, didn't see what the show was. And so somehow we got into this like orchestra show for free. And we were just cracking up for so long. We stuck around for a few songs. It was going off. It was quite good. It was a good. free show. Yeah, it was a free show. We thought, why not? Um, yeah, fuck, that was hilarious. That is so funny. It's so good. Like truly, I hope everyone at home enjoyed that because fuck, it was funny. Just your luck. And you, you had something interesting during the week. You were at the Avatar Two premiere in uh, Los Angeles. How was that? That was interesting. Um, it was it was good. It was uh, it was devastating because James Cameron famously he's got COVID, so he couldn't make the screening. Yeah. But it was good to be surrounded by all the stars of the film. Uh, Sam Worthington haven't seen him in about thirteen years. Um. <laughs> Good to see uh, Jermaine Clement again. I see him uh, literally around town, I'd say, at least once a week. So it was good to see him um, See him again in a professional capacity. He's he's going well. Um, he, looks yeah, he looks healthy. He does. Um, it was really good, actually, because in the theatre, everyone clapped when he showed up. It was the only point at all when anyone clapped. Even when the film ended, no one really clapped. Um, but... But they all clapped for him, and that was really lovely. That's good. Um, not sure what else to, to say about LA. Do you have any questions about LA? I know you've never no, been. No. No. Don't have tell any interest? What, tell you what Christmas movie I am looking forward to. Uh, I know which one you're going to say. Violent Night. Yeah, I knew you were going to say Violent yeah, Night. Yeah. Is it coming out here at all? Well, I doubt Straight it. New Zealand's soon. distribution uh, is not good. I'll tell you what, Kyle. Love actually is all around. And uh, yeah, that should... Merry Christmas, everybody. Is that, do we want to say, uh, well, I guess, is this a special Christmas episode? I mean, yeah, it's absolutely. a week before Christmas. Is it? Oh, yeah, yeah but it's the week tomorrow. Off. Is it? Oh, yeah, but then we, we will get one out next Monday, don't we? Because it's a special day. 
Stop it. Oh, it's a special day. Stop it. So it's one of our it's one of our podcast hosts' birthdays on the twenty sixth. Bet you guess which one. I'll never tell. <laughs> I'll never tell. Okay, well I guess we won't know. <laughs> Until the day. Until the day. But yeah, um uh thanks for all our listeners. No, we don't do That's this nice. um uh, nearly enough. <laughs> nearly enough. Um, we couldn't do this without your support. Your your overwhelming support is wild. How yeah. um, thank you for hitting up the Patreon. Mm. Really appreciate it. Um, I hope you guys have a merry Christmas. Yeah, enjoy. Um, have an eggnog on me and Jackson. Yeah, we'll, we'll transfer you some money if you send us your bank account details. Yeah, um, have one on us. Yeah, please tell them. And uh, also, if you're throwing a big uh, Christmas bash, uh, let us know. We'll show a lot. We could do a live. Pod, pod uh, cast episode. Yeah, I'm sure you know. there's nothing you'd love more. You know, <laughs> come come meet the folks if you want us to, and you know, get a TV. We, we'll bring the mics and stuff. Yeah, so get you us know, some presents if you've got the audience, and we'll um, we'll do a little performance for you. Should we aim to do that next year? Sometime next year, should we do a, a live show in front of someone at like their house? Absolutely. In front of a group of people. Absolutely. Hopefully. I feel like I just feel embarrassed. I feel really embarrassed. We have done we've done it in front of a room with three people before. Yeah, but and that's one of our best episodes. Our, our, seven, our flatmates don't count, dude. Counts. Our 17 again episode was a live show. Technically a live audience. Thanks again, guys. Merry Christmas. Oh, just happy holidays if you don't celebrate Christmas. Enjoy the time together with the family. Take time out. Reflect. I feel it in my finger. I feel it in my willy. Oh, he's in a silly mood again. Christmas is all around me. Uh-huh. It's every so let it snow, <laughs> whatever, yeah. Get the guitar out, get the guitar out. Oh, it's too far. Okay. You get it out. Okay, keep it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kyle. Oh my God, the melodies you're giving me is steady.